0: This morning, we was uh, <laughs> we talking about uh, Lazarus. Lazarus was uh, dead in the tomb in darkness. And uh, the Lord called him out of that. And uh, Dave, as you said, he was talking about a cave or whatever, large stone in front of that. No way for Lazarus among himself to get out of that. But the Lord told his servants, roll the stone away. And then the Lord gave him life, called him out. And tonight, I'd like to talk a little more about that called out and what it looks like and what it is and what the purpose of it is. I believe it's very important that we know that we might share this with others. I think it's very important. Uh, Lazarus was pretty easy to see there. He was called out. But I want to see his condition, he, he could not have come out on his own. He was in darkness. And David in a place that may stinketh. It's Where he's at? In the grave. So the Lord called him out from this place. And then we saw after that, he ate with the Lord, he dined with the Lord, and some believed in the Lord because of Lazarus and what he said and everything. So uh, that calling out. So I'd like to just talk about the calling out of the Lord we talked about it before. But uh, we'll see, you know, calling out of Lazarus, calling out of Paul, calling out of some of the other apostles, calling out of you. It's all going to appear a little different. And on face value of course but I'd like to demystify it if I could by God's grace so what is the calling out what's the so I, I know we can see it in Lazarus but in our lives in our time in yourself or what someone else you may know what what is this calling out what's, what's the purpose of it have you heard the call? And I guess uh, uh, equally as important, could you explain to somebody else the call of the Lord? So I believe it's very important. How does he call? Now, again, with Lazarus, we can see that, but but how does he call? And I'll ask a question, and your first thoughts will be, well, no, this couldn't happen, but we'll... Uh, we'll see uh, why I'm saying this. Is it possible for the Lord to be calling one and that one not know it? And immediately you'll say, well, no, it's not possible. Well, I ha- yes, it's possible, but I will, we'll see example of that and then explain that. So could, one, could the Lord be calling one and then not recognize it as the call of the Lord? I believe the answer is yes, but it'll take some explanation. I won't leave it, I won't leave it there. I believe it's possible for the Lord to be calling one and they don't recognize it as the call of the Lord. I mean, how, how would they if they don't know? You say, well, uh, John, 10th chapter, which we read so much, and we may even look at it again tonight, but he says, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, they follow me. That's true. His sheep does know his voice, and they will follow him. Does it say they'll follow him on the first call? It doesn't say that. Now, so let me make this statement. I realize they will hear, they will follow, the very second, the Lord wants them to. So I don't want to leave any, any doubt there. Nothing to chance. No chance of them not hearing. No chance of them not following. But I still say, and we'll read a scripture, that he could be calling and one not recognize the call. And that's the reason I want to look at this this evening, that we'll be able to share this with people, that they might recognize the call. What, what is the call? I knew an individual, they were looking for a light, and we might think that's a little humorous in one respect, but this person very serious, and they was talking about their past. They said they was looking for a light. This person was very serious. They was surging. In fact, they said, well, they'd gone to some different, I'll call them churches, buildings with steeples on them anyway. And uh, they said, well, to themselves, how do you you know? How do you know which one? And their thought was, well, (laughs) we just go to all of them until we get it figured out. But not really understanding the call of the Lord, and they was literally, literally looking for a light. So I believe it's important that we recognize how the Lord calls, and not only how, but, but why. And what's the purpose of it? Is it to give life? Is it to save from the lake of fire? Well, what about this call of the Lord? Now, we know a dead man can hear, so the Lord only calls those that he's already given life. I believe he gave Lazarus life, and then he called. It may have been almost instantaneous, but I believe he gave him life, opened his ears and his, and his eyes, and he called him. And Lazarus came forth. So as we look at the purpose of the call of the Lord, is to bring chosen, living, hearing, seeing sheep into the service of the Lord. That's the purpose of this call. Not the same as the lake of fire, but chosen, living, hearing, seeing sheep. Call them into the service. as we saw in Lazarus, that's, that's what happened there. Lazarus he called him to the grave, and other people bleed on account of Lazarus. Now, let me just mention this. The call of the Lord, as some are called and, and, and uh, take their place and membership in, in the, one of the Lord's two bodies, the call is not the end of service. Well, now we can just sit back and know the call is the beginning of service. And uh, we won't go back and read it. We read it so often. In Ephesians 5, it says, Awake thou that sleepest. Rise from the dead. Christ shall give thee light. It also says, Have no fellowship with, the, uh, with darkness and everything. So in the grave, where uh, Lazarus was, darkness. Where others were called from, darkness until Christ gives them light. But it says, uh, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead. So, how does he call? Again, is it possible for the Lord to be calling one, and they not realize it, not recognize it? Not recognize it's the Lord actually calling? again nothing to chance we'll, we'll, we'll go back to that, and I'll show you what I mean and why, why I've said that but as we look at some of the callings in the service uh, Matthew was sitting in the tax office at work and the Lord says follow me there's a call easy to recognize though as we look back in the scriptures maybe easy for us to recognize uh, Matthew was a tax collector sitting in his office there and the Lord said, follow me. And he did. Recognized that call, of course, easily. Uh, Peter and Andrew, they were fishing. And the Lord said, uh, come after me, and I'll make you fishers of men. So kind of easy to recognize when the Lord himself standing there calling him. It's kind of easy to see, kind of easy to recognize And straightway, they forsook their nets, and they followed him. James and John were mending their nets. And he went to them, and he called them. And they went after him. So again, when the Lord's here actually doing it, it's pretty easy to recognize the call of the Lord. Zacchaeus, up that sycamore tree. And... uh, uh, He called him and come down and and, and make haste. So we see in different individuals uh, the calling of the Lord. Paul's, Saul, Tarsus. Paul's calling was a little different. But we can still go back and we can see it. Now the Lord, as we talked about the disciples and apostles there, the Lord was on the earth and calling them. Well, whenever he called Saul, he had already ascended to the Father. But it was still, no less, the Lord calling him. Pretty easy for us to recognize those as we read it in the Scriptures. But Paul's calling was a little different, a little more uh, brutal, if you say. And as I mentioned this morning in, in the book, The Comforter, uh, I think two different places. Uh, Brother Olson had a message on police brutality. So the Lord called him uh, differently. I mean, it's the same Paul, but the circumstances are, are a little different. He went in, Matthew, follow me. Zacchaeus, make haste, come down here, follow me. But uh, on Saul of Tarsus, you know, first he, he struck him down, blinded him. And uh, he uh, heard a voice and said, who art thou? I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. Well, Jesus is already in glory. How is he persecuting Jesus. Well, as much as you do it one of his saints, you're doing it unto the Lord. That's how that took place. So anyway, the Lord, what were you have me do? He didn't tell him. He said, you go to, you go to this, well, you go to this house. It's one of the Lord's house, the Lord's inn. And there it'll be told you wh- what to do. So he went to the church. The Lord used Ananias to open his eyes. And then he was Baptized. So Paul's calling was a little different as we look at it than uh, some of the uh, disciples and apostles we looked at, but it was still all the, or, and, and even different than Lazarus, but it's still all the same thing. They wouldn't have come if the Lord had called them, and they had to have spiritual life. They had to have their eyes and ears open, as he, as he calls them. So they're all the same in, in that respect. But I want to go read here A Calling of the Lord, uh, back in, it's in uh, uh, 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 3. And, and you'll see why I ask. can he be calling someone and they not realize it. And I want to go back here to, to show this example. Again, that we, uh, that, we would, that we would know that we would be able to explain to people the call of the Lord. 1 Samuel 3. And uh, let's just start in, in verse 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. You know, Samuel was given to, to him at birth to be a priest whenever, as soon as he was weaned. And uh, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. So there's different times in Israel's history and past. Sometimes he would be with the prophets and everything, and he'd be there with them and, and give them words, and they'd go to him, he'd give them words. And sometimes the word of the Lord was, was rare. He wasn't communicating with them, with the prophets and so forth. So here, this is one of those times. Didn't hear from the Lord a lot. Said it was rare in those days, and there was no frequent vision. And it came to pass at the time when Eli was lying down in his place, and his eyes began to grow dim that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord... Where the ark of God was, and Samuel was lying down to sleep. So here's Samuel, the young lad. That the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, Here am I. Well, did he recognize the call of the Lord? No, he thought it was Eli. We'll read on. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again, and he went and lay down. But was it the Lord that called him? It was the Lord that called him. He didn't recognize it. Verse 6 And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not my son, lie down again. Now, again, there was no chance that he wasn't going to take heed to this call. Just showing this as an example to, I guess, kind of prove our point. And and verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. So here's Samuel. Didn't know the Lord yet. Did the Lord know Samuel? Of course. But he didn't know the Lord yet. And and, uh, the word of the Lord wasn't revealed to him at this time. Verse eight: "And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, "Here am I, for thou didst call me." And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, "Go, lie down, and it shall be if, uh, if he call thee that thou shalt say, 'Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth." So Samuel went and lay down in the place and his place. And the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. So, the Lord called Samuel. He didn't recognize the Lord the first three times. The word of the Lord hadn't been revealed to him. That was going to be part of this calling. So, a little differently here. But how does the Lord call today? The Lord Jesus Christ is not here on the earth. Don't have the prophets as we did and the priests as they did back there. How would you tell someone the Lord's calling? Are his sheep to listen in the night for a voice like Samuel heard? Are they to look for a light? Are they climb a tree, climb a sycamore tree? Are they to wait at work like Matthew did, a tax collector? What, what do people today, how do they recognize the call of the Lord? If one doesn't know how to recognize the call of the Lord... Isn't it possible that he is calling and they don't know? Now, it's not possible that they don't. They will hear. The Lord's sheep that he has chosen and he calls, they will hear, they will follow him, of course. But we see an example there that didn't really, they didn't know the call of the Lord. But he used one of his servants here, Samuel, Samuel or, I mean, uh, uh, Eli, to tell Samuel, okay, this is the call of the Lord. And I think we need to have the knowledge where we can do that. Okay, this is, this is what the call of the Lord is. Don't wait for a shining light or, or hear something at night or something like that. We, we need to be able, I believe, that to, uh, to let others know what the call of the Lord is. He didn't have to call Samuel these many times, but he did. But again, how does the Lord call today? In the Second Thessalonians and uh, Second Thessalonians, and I think the second chapter. So Let me say this. The Lord's call is not just a feeling. Some people may say, well, I get a certain feeling. Uh, The Lord's call is not just a feeling. I'm not saying you won't have a strong feeling of emotion when the Lord does call, but that feeling is is not the call. The feelings are the result of the call. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13 and 14 But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you brethren beloved of the Lord because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth so from the beginning they were chosen to salvation unto which he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So they were chosen from the beginning, but he called them how? By the gospel. Not by a light shining, not by this audible voice like Samuel heard, not Zacchaeus come down that sycamore tree. He calls them by his gospel. And I mentioned that in John ten. I'll just I'll just go there and read that. We again we look at it so many times. But John the tenth chapter uh, shows us this, of course, in verse twenty six. He said, "But you believe, uh, but you believe not because you are not of my sheep, as I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me." So his sheep that he has chosen will hear his voice. There was no chance that Samuel wasn't going to hear his voice. Didn't hear it on the first, second, third call. But there's no chance that they will not hear. They will hear. As he calls them, yeah, there'll be some feelings. There'll be some emotions of realizing that the Lord's calling us. But these feelings are the result of the call. That's, that's not the call. The call is the gospel. Opening our eyes and ears. Giving life first, of course. So if one hears and believes this, that means that they are one of the sheep that it's speaking of. And to realize that you're one of the Lord's sheep, yeah, their strong emotional feelings goes with that when we realize we're one of the Lord's sheep. Uh, John chapter 15, while we're here this close, talking about the vine and the branches and the value of being. John 15, and uh, let's just start in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is a vine dresser. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing." If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them to a fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, my words abide in you. You shall ask whatever ye will, and it shall be done to you. And this is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. So he's telling us, the Lord is the true vine. And he's telling his sheep the importance of abiding in that true vine. Without being in the vine, how much fruit can they bear? Well, not as much. Nothing is what it says. Well, I don't know if I agree with that or not. Well, I don't think anybody would say that. But that's what it says. Outside the vine, nothing. Could you go through the same motions? Well, I'll just leave it. Outside the vine, nothing. This is where the fruit-bearing takes place. This is where we glorify the Lord, is in the vine. That's where the fruit-bearing is, according to the Lord. So what's the process of being attached to this vine? I want to go to Galatians 3.27. Uh, Familiar with it, and we quote a lot, but I, I, I want to look at it. Galatians chapter 3. So what's the process? How's one uh, entered into this uh, uh, vine? What's the process of being connected to this vine? We know, of course, the vine is Christ. The body of Christ, His church, that's what He's talking about. So what's the process? How do we get connected to that vine? Well... I guess going back to our lesson, he, he, chooses, he, he chooses his sheep, he gives them life, eyes and ears, and he calls them. So what's, what's the actual process? Well, we see it here, Galatians 3 and 27. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. That is the method that the Lord has ordained and chosen for us to be connected to that vine where the fruit bearing is. I, I always use the, I, I have a problem coming up with good examples, but I, so I come up with bad ones and try to go with them. As many as you have been baptized, do Christ have put on Christ. So I say this jacket, I put the jacket on now, I'm inside the jacket. Well, his says, as many as you have been baptized through Christ, have put on Christ. That is the process that the Lord uses as he calls his sheep from the grave, from the darkness, the ones he's chosen, gives them eyes and ears, and he calls them by his gospel. And the method that he uses... To place them into the vine is baptism. As many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. That's the method that the Lord has chosen. He told Jeremiah, Arise, go down to the potter's house. And there I will call thee to hear my words. Well, he's the potter, we're the clay. The church is the potter's house now, as we would look at it. And he told Jeremiah, you go there. That's why I'll cause you to hear my word. And, and buddy, we talking about the comfort and the Holy Spirit. So why is it important? Why does he send him to a particular place? Well, why does he send him to particular places today? That's where he placed the comforter, lead, guide, and direct into all truth. The parable of the Good Samaritan. Our Lord lifts one up. Makes him whole and leaves them on his own? No. Takes him to one of his ends. And there, everything's going to be supplied for him. I've told you before, and I, it, it comes to mind, I'll mention it quickly. Uh, usually I have pretty good luck with reservations at hotels and things like that, but I was going to Florida to a Bible conference in one of the years when I. Uh, was really short on time and everything, so rather than driving, we flew down and uh, got uh, snowed in in Nashville, and they de-iced and de-iced and de-iced. There wasn't any direct flights then, so made it down there, got down to the airport, and uh, my car, they'd let my car go because I was so late and everything, so I didn't have a car. Here it was, and still there was a few hours' drive to get up to Inverness where I was going. And I was so tired and everything. Finally, got a car. And uh, I was going to have probably about three hours to sleep, and now I was going to have to get up and go. And so I didn't care what kind of inn hotel it was. First exit, I stopped, and I don't even know what it was. So I went in, fell in bed, and uh, back then I had a little wind-up travel alarm clock. By the way, they'll search your luggage if they see that through the x ray machine as well. But anyway, so uh, here I was at the hotel. So I got up the next morning, uh, I know, probably about, I don't know, 4 or 5 o'clock, because I still had a pretty good drive to get up to Inverness. So I got up, looked, no towels, no soap, nothing. So I had to call and go down to the room, and anyway, so I made it. But anyway, do you think that's the way the Lord's end is going to be supplied? Everything, uh, probably should have read that, but it won't. Uh, everything that, that his sheep needs, when he takes them to the end, they're going to be taken care of. Uh, we might look for a moment in, in Acts chapter 9 at Saul, Paul, Acts chapter 9. And uh, so we won't go through the part where, you know, he told Ananias to go to him, and Ananias wasn't so certain about this and everything. He said, yeah, he said, he's a chosen vessel. He's already a chosen vessel. So he takes him, and Ananias was going to be the one that the Lord's going to use to open his eyes. So he takes him to, the, I believe, the, his inn, or in one of his churches. And verse 18, uh, Acts chapter 9. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales. And he received sight, and arose, and was baptized. What did we read about, the, the, the per, one of the purposes of baptism, that's how they're entered into the vine, the body of Christ. Immediately, and, and, he, and he was baptized. Uh, so here is a picture says, And many have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Here, you baptize, put on Christ. Part of the vine, where there would be fruit bearing. He took up his abode in the body of Christ. Uh, And it says, and when he had received food, I, no doubt there was some physical food, but going to one of the Lord's true churches spiritual food no doubt and he was strengthened and Saul so was there certain days where the disciples who were at Damascus they were feeding him spiritual food no doubt and then look at verse 20 and immediately he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God can you I don't think we can see an example of a bigger change anywhere. He was persecuting the church, persecuting Christ. And now the Lord took him to one of his ends, took him to his church where he was connected to the vine where there would be fruit bearing. Uh, but he opened his eyes. Again, already had life. It says that he told Ananias that he's a chosen vessel, already a chosen sheep, already had spiritual life. But now he's going to open his eyes and his ears go to feed him spiritual food. And he was strengthened, and immediately he preached Christ. Acts chapter 2. And uh, verse 37. Said, so now, when they heard this, when they had heard about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and when you hear about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and what it paid for and what he did he says now when they heard this they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles men and brethren what shall we do heard about this Jesus Christ that was crucified and so forth what do we do Verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is unto you and your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So as our eyes and our ears are opened and we begin to understand his words, then this is the call. That's the call. We don't look for a light or or anything like that. This is the call when when he brings us to the knowledge and calls us to hear his word and understand his word. That is the call. When we see Jesus Christ and his crucifixion, when we see he's the way, the truth, and life, and let me say this, he's the only way. When he calls us to begin to see this, That is the call. That's the call. It's not mystical. Don't look for a light or listen to a voice. Don't have to climb a sycamore tree. As he opens one's understanding and you begin to see, this is the call. And I know it's somewhat different with all of us, yet it's the same is you would look back at the ones we talked about. I know myself, I was, uh, was desirous as, as I became an adult, and, uh, I wanted to learn, and I was, I was really studying a lot at home on my own, and the more I studied, the more confused I got. And, uh, well, I'll just say this. I don't know if I've said this before or not, but, uh, I, There was a death, one of our members, and uh, the uh, visitation is going to be at the funeral home on Sunday night. And Sandy, I thought, I'll go then. I won't be ashamed seeing the people of the church that I, I wanted to be there and everything, but I was so embarrassed. But I went. Lo and behold, the canceled church, and everybody was there. So from then on, that's when the Lord uh, certainly brought me into the church as an adult. But anyway, I, be, I began to sit in the congregation out in the old building. And, and Austin would preach, and Don would preach. And I'd sit there, and Austin would give an invitation. And I'd think, I need to know more first. And again, and I'd think, I need to know more first. But I was pricked in the heart. I'd heard about the, the, the death of Jesus Christ, what it paid for, what it did, the love of Christ, the love of the Father. Begin to hear that. But the call. I begin to hear those words. But the call. And again, everybody is a little different, yet it's the same. But he began to talk about the comforter and the comforter's in the church and the comforter's what leads, guides, and directs into all truth. And I said, that's what I'm wanting. <laughs> that's what, I, I said I need to know more first. No, I need to be there to know more and to bear fruit, as it says, unless we're uh, attached to the vine, there's, there's no fruit. Uh, there was one thing that it came a little while later and Hear uh, Austin and Don teaching, and, and so I was so blessed and everything to hearing this, and, and some growth, and being fed. And uh, they talked about the sheep and how blessed the sheep were, and everything. And talked about predestination, being chosen, being called out. And one day, the thought came to me, well, what if I'm not one of them? What if I'm not one of them that he chose and that he called? Betty, I, they had taught enough, I knew that I couldn't change that. If I wasn't one of them, I couldn't change that. I knew that. It was, it was not a good time for me. Humanly speaking, it was a great time for me spiritually. But I didn't see that at the time. But I thought, what if I'm not one of them? I I knew about predestination that I couldn't change it. I knew that he chose before the foundation of the world. I couldn't change that. David, I was in a terrible state. What if I'm not one of them? And then the scripture was revealed to me. You don't have to turn there. Acts 13, 48. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. I knew that I believed. And that was proof to me that I was one of them that was ordained to eternal life. I was one of these these blessed sheep. I believe the Word. I believe in predestination. I believe in a sovereign God. I believe in His choosing and His selecting. And then when I saw that, well, all that was ordained to eternal life believed. Then I knew that I was ordained to eternal life. So this calling, it's different for everybody, but yet it's the same. It's the Lord doing the calling. We would never, scripture says we would shoot darkness rather than light. Uh, so is there good feelings come along with it? Oh, absolutely. But the feelings run not to call. Now he calls us, by his, we read it. By his word. And he calls us to, again, we're chosen, gives us life, open our eyes and ears, and calls us to see the word. And we continue, Buddy and I, you and I talked about this too. We continue to be fed and grow in this uh, by God's grace all the days of our life. So, not looking for light, not looking for climbing a tree or something like that. It's when he begins to cause us to to see and hear his word, that's the call. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.